Welcome to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 226. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I'll be your host for the show. On today's episode, we have first-time guest Aaron Cordovez, who is a veteran Amazon seller, host of the Ecom Leaders podcast, founder of Samurai Seller, a semi-automated Amazon PPC solution. And most impressive to me is the fact that he is open about what his brand is in this space. That's a, that's a rarity. Uh, Zulai Kitchen or Zulai, um, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Carlos. Uh, uh, I, I am so, I love what you do because, and I love to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, we did, we did an event just recently and I had so much fun and uh, I actually made a post about it because some people they're like, Hey, is this event for beginners or something? Because I don't want to go like a beginner event. And I would say that event was very much like beginner focused, the most beginner focused possible, but I learned so much stuff. Like, there's no such thing as like beginner content. If it's good content, it's something that can help you. So anyway, I don't know. I love, I love what you do and, and getting out and getting people to get involved in community. It's just fantastic. So very happy to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You, you came down there with uh, your newest PL, the, the, the newest addition to the family, the wife. You dropped a lot of value, myself and the community. Uh, appreciate you a lot. Nice. Nice. Um, with, with the credentials that I just mentioned above, uh, we were chatting a little bit about this before hitting record, but um, there's a lot of different directions this, this show could go and that you'd be able to uh, add more value to. Uh, what I'd like to really touch on on, on this show is going to really tie closest to the, the fact that you are the founder of Samurai Seller. Um, and when I needed to put it into a sentence as to what semi-automated uh, PPC software was versus automated and I guess versus manual as well. Mm -hmm. Um, my group and I struggled with the definition of that, like a very clear definition. And I feel like you ever heard that saying, um, I would have wrote you, uh, was it, I would have wrote you a shorter letter if I, but I, but I like basically the better grasp you have of something, the, the fewer words it takes to really describe what's going on, like how I just struggled right there to record. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and I that's totally a, a, a gift, I would say, to, to say things concisely. There's, there's, I used to be a writer. I actually wrote for a few magazines and stuff, and uh, one like the Bible of writing, or one of them, I guess there's many Bibles, but is uh, the Elements of Style. It's like this book. It's like it's tiny. It's like maybe eighty pages or a hundred, and it's all about cutting things to be super short, and and you you practice like taking. 500 words and make it into like a hundred and you'll see that you say the same exact thing. So um, yeah, let's talk about that. So semi-automated, what is semi-automated? Uh, and, and you said also the difference between or earlier yeah. fully automated, right? There's like a word. Yeah. But before you just unleash the Kraken, so to speak yeah. on that, like you mentioned that you were a writer before. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on some of this stuff that I don't uh, even know yet. So uh, like uh, you're, when did this like love affair of Amazon start? You know, how, how do you go from a seller uh, to veteran seller to founder of a software and you're still an active seller? You didn't just like hang up the robe on, on selling. So, so walk me through that. Walk listeners through like how this happened. Uh, well, originally kind of my, I was always in like the nonprofit world and doing things that I, I just felt like doing until uh, I got married and my wife was like, Hey, let's have some kids. I'm like, hey, we make no money. Like, we're broke as hell. Like, we, we can't. What do you mean, kids? Okay, fine. Let's let's see what we can do. So I'm um, like, well, how, how do I make money? I, this was new to me, right? I never really tried, to be totally honest. 
And um, anyway, I got like a nine to five job, did quite well there because uh, the work ethic, like when you're, I don't know, the, the culture that I guess exists in, in America, more than like South America, I think there's probably more work ethic in, in, in South America uh, than in the US, at least for the mass public. Anyway, whatever, I don't wanna get too super like crazy or political here, but I'm just saying like, sometimes people pride themselves in not working or working the smallest or working the littlest, right? So when you're a nonprofit, it's the opposite. I'm only working there because I want to work because I want to contribute. And so when I went into like the normal work world, it was just smoking everybody. I was like just at the top um, performing very well. And, and quickly, I'm like, okay, good. I need to raise when I the best that anybody's ever for the company. We can't give you a raise. Sorry. Already getting paid off. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go keep looking somewhere else, right? Pivot. I have grow there so let me pivot um oh my internet connection is unstable okay you're good you- i hear you're good okay perfect so uh what, what what when they told me that i said i'm gonna go find where else uh you know to make more money and that led me into programming okay and i got a programming job and that's a whole story in my podcast i'll talk about it but anyway i got into programming i did a school vocational school it was 1000 hours of coding basically in three months like 100 hours a week like going crazy. Um, it was nuts. And I went from, you know, making 20 bucks an hour to making 120,000. Okay. So that was like in about five months. And that was right before my baby was born. Right. Cause when my wife is pregnant, I'm making 20 bucks an hour. I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't support an entire family in California on one income of 20 bucks an hour, three people. It's just like the math does 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 not work right so that's why i went like hyperdrive and i found out programming is like the fastest route so i went into that but then hey you're making 120 in california you had a kid what about another kid what about schools what like you figure out that 120,000 you're not rich like that money disappears really quickly you want to do a vacation like whoa like so that's when I needed, to, so basically I cheated on my, on my day job going to programming and I ended up doing that. Then I had to cheat on my programming to go to Amazon. So Amazon was my, was my last affair because there's enough, there's no need to go and cheat on Amazon. Actually, never mind. I mean, we're doing Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, all these other things. If someone wants to get on Target, we have a whole business that gets people on Target. Um, anyway, the point is you always, you always go to the next step. And Amazon was the biggest step and the biggest way to scale where I didn't have to go anywhere else for the main business or, or any business. I mean, it's, it's been so beautiful and so amazing. And um, I don't know if that was answering your question, but uh, yeah. It a hundred percent did, but you, you snuck something in there that my listeners would crucify me for if I didn't follow up on. So like you have a program to get people on target. You're, you're going to have to you're going to have to, you can link to it at the end or something, but you're going to have to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, is this something for people to go on target online? Yeah. Is target.com. It- so target.com. So, uh, the link, so the website, it's a really like super sketchy link not sketchy, but it's like, it's a one page and he just has an email, but it's bigbrandproducts.com, bigbrandproducts.com, And it just has a, like a little link there to mail, mail, mail in. Um, we probably will only take brands doing quite a bit, like maybe 300,000 a month, I think. Um, but what we'll do, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So basically the process is this on target at the last time that it was released, uh, you probably know marketplace pulse, right. Uh, seller ratings.com. They always publish. So, 
Uh, they basically said the last time, a month ago or something, two months ago, whatever time it was, there's 500 sellers on Target, 500 total. It's very hard to get in. Even if you have a direct line to talk to Target, most brands will get rejected. They're looking for very, very specific brands. Um, we have one of the very few, uh, actually, maybe the only one that I know, that we actually are allowed to bring other people's products on to our account. So uh, we have some really large sellers on Amazon coming to Target. Um, and we set, we do everything. We just send you a PO. We'll buy the product from you. So we just go, hey, Carlos. I mean, in this case, I'm not going to buy insects or something because I, I don't want to hold them. I don't want them to die. But like, let's say <laughs> you're selling headphones. Yo, uh, Carlos's headphones, right? I'll buy yours in bulk because on Target, you could expect to get somewhere between two to 5% of your sales on Amazon, something around that nature. Uh, for us, it was quite significant because it's, it's not a lot of more work. We already have the setup. You just add. When you add revenue, you don't have to add staff. It's just pure margin. Um, so what happens is we'll buy in bulk, right? We'll bring in the product. You have zero risk. And all we do is we'll set up for you. We'll do your launch strategy. We'll manage everything. We'll change the titles up. We'll, we'll, we launch everything for you. And if you ever get approved for Target, you know, you just take the listing. There's only one seller allowed on Target at a time. Uh, and if you're the brand, um, you can obviously take it. But most sellers get rejected. But we have basically a backdoor where our account is allowed to add a new brand. So anyway, 2 to 5% revenue in a second. No staff. We send you POs. You ship product. We'll represent you on Target. I didn't, I didn't know if I told you about that, but that's another company we just started like maybe three months ago. Yeah, that, that was a side thing that there's no way I would have been forgiven on if we didn't if we didn't touch on that for at least a second. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for sharing everything that you shared about the the, the journey. And I, I I'm positive from the few conversations we've had just regarding, you know, other stuff that if we peel back the onion, there's a lot of other amazing businesses there. Uh Samurai seller. Um, how, how would you describe this software? What why did you create it? Okay, so ah, funny, you know, at Amazon ads is the key, right? It, it's not the only thing you need on Amazon, but it's a your compass. Okay, if you're if you're sailing at sea, the compass will tell you, hey, am I going the right direction or am I not? If you do your ads very well, you will either be told hey, your product and your listing are terrible and there's no way you're going to succeed. Or it's going to tell you exactly where to go. You go full speed and you'll be able to turn on and crank up the volume and go as fast as possible because you know you're on the right track, okay? So ads was, I probably spent, you know, during when we were hitting, uh, probably we got to our $3 million in 2000, whatever year it was. It was like our third year selling, I believe. Um, hitting in there around that time, I spent, personally, maybe 20 hours a week on ads, probably more, to be honest. I would want to say 20 because I would sell us home more, but probably when I got home, I'd spend more time on it. So um, it was the focus. And I said, this can't happen. You know, if you have, at that time, we had maybe 10 products, 12, eight, I don't, again, numbers, exact number of SKUs that by what year is a hard thing to remember, but we had a handful of products so I could manage everything. And I had tried and failed to hire somebody off of Indeed who came and I said, do exactly this, do this spreadsheet, tell me every time I make a change, all this complicated manual stuff. And I found that uh, we spent a lot more on ads and we lost a lot of margin and the, we, like, we had no profit. Our, our company almost totally 
got destroyed because I thought, oh, wow, our sales are up. I could like chill. I could focus on other things, new products, other strategies. And I let go of the PPC for like a month with this person I had just hired. And when I checked the profit, that was another problem. I, I wasn't checking the profit daily. Uh, we were down to like 300 lost profit in a day. And again, if you go my old job, 120,000, okay, divided by 365, divided by eight hours a day, whatever. I mean, I was, I was making before $328 a day. And now I have $300. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was making less because that's, that's including some salaries. So God, anyway, total disaster, doing ads, trying to hire a person to take over something that a computer should do was a terrible idea. So I said, you know what? Um, as I've been in programming, I got my buddy who taught me everything. And I said, let's form up this company. Let's build Samurai Seller. Well, at the time, it was actually a funny story. I, okay, I'm going to give you a, I'll. You want to know a funny story about the naming of this thing? Oh, yeah. The first, the first name of Samurai Seller, um, I thought, okay, well, how are we going to name this thing, right? I love names and I love picking names. And I thought, okay, you know, you know, Jungle Scout, you know, AMZ Scout, what all this stuff is like the jungle because Amazon is jungle. So I said, okay, something with jungle. And I thought, how do you multiply your sales? Okay, how do you multiply? Like, you want to grow? You So I was like, oh, and I named it Jungle Rabbit. Okay, so it's called Jungle Rabbit. Uh, and it was Jungle sounds Rabbit. Like, sounds like an adult novelty toy almost. <laughs> yeah, well it, well, it sounds like a lot of things. That's the problem. So, so I, I thought Jungle Rabbit was great. I asked a few people and said, yeah, it's amazing. About like two months in, uh, someone wrote in and said, how dare you call this thing Jungle Rabbit? You're like totally racist. Oh, I'm God. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? And they gave me, there's another word, Jungle. I forget the exact, the exact word, but it's as extreme. It's like, it's like terrible, terrible word uh, for a black person. It's like jungle something. And, and uh, what's another name for rabbit? Uh, bunny? Okay. I think it's, I think it's jungle bunny. I, I forget the word. It's a word that's almost exactly the same as the name. And it means something really bad. And I was like, oh God, I, I, had, I didn't know. Like, sorry, what do I do? So then we had to rebrand it. Uh, and then I, and then I'm like, I don't know. What am I going to do? Okay. Cut, you know, cut the competition, precise whatever. And I made Samurai Seller. So then we went for Samurai Seller. But like on a bunch of our early codes, it was like Jungle Rabbit. And, and I still think about this guy who like wrote to me and was like, you terrible person. How could you, how could you do that? And uh, obviously I had no idea. Yeah. But what, where do you go from? I, I can't, I lost track of how much money I lost attempting to start a software. And I'll mention this. And then I want to get into like yep, yep. The, 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 the meat and potatoes of this so that so everybody's uh, more educated after this. I lost track of how much I've spent trying to develop a software. I, I just gave up on it. Um, I, I, I did discover something that you said, there's a, a common denominator there and it's, you find someone who's really savvy at doing something and they partner yes. with someone who knows how to build versus trying to like hire it out and building a team, which is what I attempted to do uh, badly. Mm -hmm. But what was the, like what happens? You decide to build something to solve an internal problem. And when does it go to, we're going to offer this to other people? Because that seems like two totally different beasts. So luckily, I don't know about luckily or unluckily here, right? But uh, I decided, hey, I'm going to do this. I know other people need it. I'll start it from the get-go solving myself, but I'm going to be one user of many. 
Um, and it was fantastic at the beginning that, you know, the first feature that I put in there and Amazon didn't have this at the time was like change log. Like how many times, how many days have, has this bid been at the bid it's at now? Cause you didn't know I could change a bid today. And three days from now, I look at the last 14 days or something and you have mixed data. It's all like, when did I change? You, you can't. So you have to know on every keyword, thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of targets, keywords, when did they change? So then you know what period are you looking at with this new bid. So we coded that, we put it in, and then I made the software. And this is where the semi-automated part comes in, where it doesn't act on itself. Again, this is this version. This is the very first beginning of the software and uh, a lot of what it is today. But it'll collect data, and then it puts on a big dashboard, and it says, okay, this bid has been at you know $1.50 for 25 days or whatever. It'll tell you after four days it's on. It'll tell you if it's out of like in a bad ACOS. But it's now at 80% ACOS or 20%, whatever it is, it'll give you a number. And it'll say, based on your target, you should bring it down. So you can just press the button and listen to it, right? And you can do that every five days, every seven days, every whatever. And it's only going to pick those ones that have a bad performance. And it knows how long it's had that bid, as opposed to just going to Sutter Central. If you just pop up Sutter Central, let me know where everything has a bad bid. Well, how don't you, why don't, you don't know that yesterday everybody changed it and reduce the bids by half. So you don't have the proper information. So that's a key thing. And still, Southern Central doesn't tell you that exactly. You'd have to really dig into it. But we have information saved. Every single keyword in your entire account, we know how long it's had that bid, okay? So that'll, that'll help you, you know, and you could filter with that. There's a lot of like custom things, but the semi-automated piece, it looks at data, processes data, and then tells you, hey, these are your options, right? And so we have like so many tabs, so many options or whatever, negative match, moving keywords, all sorts of stuff. But we process, you know, hundreds of millions of data points, send it over. And then you go, oh, wow, these are all good. I'm going to change all that. Boom. And then you do a bulk click and it updates that. And you could spend 10 minutes on ads in a day and at least get all of your major egregious um, um, offenders on your account or your very best one always bring those up. So that's kind of the concept. So how, back to your question of how did that all happen? Well, I'm solving for myself and just make it on, on some sort of interface. And you'll see our interface is kind of ugly because I didn't make it to be beautiful for everybody. I made it for myself and like someone else could use the same thing I'm using. And so I, it doesn't look like a, so, I don't know, some fancy thing. Yeah, no worries. The definitions, your own personal definitions with um, semi-automated versus automated when it comes to PPC software. Okay. So I believe today, today, there is really no such thing as fully automated. You can't, you cannot be fully automated software. Why? Um, with the amount of changes, the amount of variables you have, it is impossible for you to just stay, stay back and like walk away. It's similar to autopilot on a plane. Look, a plane is capable of taking you from Miami to China, okay? The computer on a, on a plane, it's capable of doing that. But guess how many unmanned planes fly every day? None, as far as I know. Cars were getting there, but planes, no. Like, no, because 
it could be programmed perfectly. It knows where to go and is where, but what happens when you hit a storm and it doesn't know that type of storm? It doesn't know these emergency landings, right? You, you'll see some story like some random bird got on an engine and like the guy had to emergency land on a lake or a runaway or in a tree or like, there's some cases that you need a pilot period. So rather than fully automated, I would say there's, you know, minimal automation, right? Like that's a semi-automated. Okay, which is like right now what we have for uh, Samurai Seller suggestions you pick. You're doing most of the legwork and you're using that as data. And then the other one you can say is like maybe mostly automated or highly automated, right? There's no such thing as fully automated. You can't, no matter what, no matter how good you think your software is, you cannot send your entire account. The biggest lever you have for your entire sales left to a computer that doesn't know everything you know right? Every company is different. So no matter how good your programmers are, there are, you know, you could automate maybe 80%, right? And, and you could do 20% or you could try to even do 5%, right? And automate 95%. So that would be highly automated, right? When you're running out of stock, when a container gets delayed, you get an email that your container is delayed in China and it's not coming for four weeks. Well, you better go and change your budgets. You better change your bids. You better do something now. But guess what? It is physically impossible for the computer to know that your container in China got delayed. Okay. So you need to, you need to act when there's changes. So I would say again, minimal automation, right? Data insights, which is how Samurai Center lives now. And then we've been building the highly automated or closer to full automation, right? We actually call this the automator. That's our current name. I never thought of a better name. I thought, hey, that does automation. We're going to call it automator or whatever. So well, at least it's not automator bunny or automator. Exactly, rabbit, right? exactly. It's a, at least it's not like a, a, a slur, right? A racial slur then. So it's pretty good. Um, anyway, so an automator, what that does is instead of telling you, hey, we're waiting three days, four days. Okay, here's your new bid. Uh, click the button when you have time and you might miss it. It's instead going to think, hey, let's look at the last 60 days. Let's look at the last 30 days. Let's look at the last 14 days. Let's look at trends. Let's look at if there's any huge change in conversion rate that day that might be a fluke. Let's, I mean, there's so many data points that it's going to look at and it's going to change that bid every day, right? It's because it's going to say, hey, you, you know, you want it to be at 30%, you're at 33%. Well, maybe it won't change it because it knows some sales will trickle in and it's going to go down to 28%. And that's okay. There's a lot of more it's more robust, right? It's, it is that automatic plane that can test the weather and it'll tell you, Hey, there's turbulence. We're going to go ahead and do this. And, and the pilot can just relax and not do anything. But then when there's an emergency or there's something happens, you have to step in, you have to look at the data, but you don't have to go and move the, the, the steering wheel every single day, all the time. It's, it's mostly an autopilot, right? Autopilot ads is probably a little more, up uh, apropos than fully automated, right? Because it's it's on autopilot. It doesn't mean there's no pilot. It means a pilot is there, and he's just relaxing. He can have a soda. He can have whatever. He can you know whatever you know. Yeah. So so you, so you feel we're at a point, um, and I agree with most of that. Is that that we're we're at, we're not at a point where someone who knows nothing about Amazon ads and who wants to be successful can just launch their products, you know, click some buttons or watch some videos about what buttons to click on a software 
and then never need to look at it again. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it sounds like a fairy tale to me. But what? What? what, So it doesn't work. It doesn't work because check it out. What do you think about AI? What do you think about these softwares that say they're AI software? This is what I'll say. We actually have an AI team, believe it or not. Okay, AI is fantastic. But check this out. Let's go back to this flying example. You have the most sophisticated autopilot in the world, right? And you have someone who's never flown a plane. Uh, he won't be able to get it off the ground. You're in the sky. He pushes the thing, and the whole thing crashes. Like it needs to be directed by someone who at least has some sort of sense. Is that like no matter how good the computer is, it needs direction, right? Like it, uh, it, it doesn't go by itself. You know, there's no such thing as a Terminator that takes its own life and like does its own thing. These these computers they need to be directed. So again, our AI system that we've been building, um, it's more new. We use a lot of like uh, different uh, um, algorithms and things of this nature. And AI a lot of times is thrown around and like tech industry is like this is AI. A lot of times it's not really AI. So um, anyway, we have very advanced algorithms. A lot of things that we do, data points that we check. Um, there, it's fantastic. But check it out you better be looking at it because you can't just let it go. It's, it's impossible. Like guys, the plane, a Boeing, the 737, whatever, you don't put Carlos to go fly that plane, no matter how good the, the AI autopilot, autopilot is. Cause guess what happens? The thing breaks for a day. What are you going to do? Oh! Uh, what if like you, you can't do that. Right. So you need somebody at the wheel. In fact, when you're starting Amazon or probably, you know, well, be- well before you hit the $500,000 a year mark, that whole time, you should not outsource ads at all because it's your compass. You need to deeply understand the ads because then you'll know if you're, if, okay, if you're bad at ads, you'll never know whether or not your product needs to change or you're just bad at ads. You can be like, my ACOS is 100%. Oh my gosh, I need an ads expert. Look, most likely you don't need an ads expert. Your, your product listing is garbage and you're never going to have a good ACOS because your listing is bad. Like if, if you have a proficiency of ads, you do this product, this product, this product, four of them have 20%, 30%, this, and one of them can only get to 70 and you can never bring it down. Well, guess what? You better work on that listing. So you'll understand and get data about your business when you're doing the ads yourself. And there's no, there's no replacement for that. The time that the software comes in is when you're at 20 products, 30 products, 50 products, hundred products, a thousand. When you, when you start adding a lot of products, you will not be able to do things one-on-one. So you start off, learn to fly the plane yourself. Cause you'll know the wind, you'll know this, you'll know everything. But then at some point, shit, you could be flying four planes at once. Cause we're in that kind of world where, Maybe your body doesn't need to be there, but you can do the control. I don't know. I'm starting trying to keep this analogy. Um, but the point is, if you don't know anything about ads, you won't be able to use any of the software. You're better off hiring like an ad agency. I mean, I think you guys have an ad agency, no? Or, or yeah. So like uh, a blue bluebird, bluebird. Is that okay? So you're better off rather than using a software that's quote unquote automated and you have no idea how to direct the software. You're better hiring bluebird and saying, okay. Just take my ads is what I want to do. But you wouldn't, if you have one product that's not profitable, don't do it. Anyway, sorry. I know I'm like talking a lot here, but this, this is, you need to know the ads because that's how you grow. The software comes once you want to scale. Once you want to be like, hey, I don't want to put 20 hours a week on ads. I want to put 
two hours a week on ads and those 18 hours, I'm going to go launch new products to then put on the software. And you know, that, that would be the, my, my, I, I recently, I recently, uh, we recorded an episode, uh, Mina Elias and, and myself, and we, it would have been great for you to be on that, that episode, kind of have the three of us, but we were, we touched on like one of the questions we were tackling was that specifically sort of when somebody's starting off, I think it was last a couple of days ago, like we're recording oh, nice. this on the 23rd. So I, I think it was yesterday, the 22nd that the episode dropped, but it, it was, do you hire, do you learn Amazon PPC to do in-house or do you hire it out? Um, and, and even if you do hire it out, is there a, a minimum that you should know so that you know, you know, who you're hiring, what you're hiring, or to make an informed decision on who to hire to manage your software? Because you do need that pilot. Um, it, it seems, it seems uh, we would have all been in, in agreement, though, that it does make sense to learn the minimum. Like it does not, even if you don't like it, I personally don't like, you know, crunching data. I like, that's not what like gets me uh, up in the morning, dude, but, I love, but I've I had love, to get love, very love, good at it. That's me. I'm, I'm on the opposite side of you. I, I just, I love the numbers. I love checking. I love this. And like, Oh, and I, what I love the most though is doing those and watching everybody else's BSR like tank. You know what I mean? Like you put all the ads, you take all the spots and then like, Oh wow, this person went from 500 to 700. That's awesome. They went to a thousand. Oh my God. Like I love watching it and seeing the market share come right. And some products we have 60% market share, 50% market share, like, because we're everywhere. Um, okay. So Mina, he was on my podcast. The guy's amazing. Love the guy. Love his story. Um, one of the things about hiring or not hiring out the team, I would say if you are a product master, okay. I would say if you have a very established brand, like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs is like, hey, let's sell iPhone on, 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 on Amazon. Steve Jobs doesn't need to learn Amazon ads, okay? Why? Because you have so many agencies, whatever, and it's such a small, tiny piece. The product is going to give you much more uh, bang for your buck, right? You're the creative Instant Pot. Instant Pot, they did $60 million on Prime Day, like 2020 or 2019 or something. Does he need to know Amazon ads? No, because... If he has a good agency, right? Let's say he hired Mina. Mina, I believe, also has an agency, or he hired you. Like, you guys are going to do a good job marketing Instant Pot. He's better off getting a deal with some celebrity or doing some big splash or doing new models. That's where his time should be spent. But in a lot of cases that people listen to these podcasts, I'm assuming are people who made their own brand. Okay. When you have your own brand, you need to get this, these incoming data pieces to, to, to know what's going on. And again, when you're on your first product, you don't need a, a, an automated tool, right? The samurai seller or semi-automation, minimal automation, whatever you want to call it, that's going to give you data to be like, oh, wow, maybe I should be looking at this type of data. Maybe I should be looking at this. And it's super cheap and it's amazing. Like that would be all you need because it's going to help you learn. Once you get to 10 products, 20 products, you can be like, I can't, I can't spend 40 hours a week now adjusting bids every day for every product. Like it's, it's not going to happen then that's where you want to start automating more and hiring out. And when, when your, own pro, your own company can pay for an agency to do it, you shouldn't, like, if you make $1,000 a month on your Amazon business, you shouldn't pay $1,000 for ads because now you're break even. Like, anyway, I know that's another, I'm talking a lot. I, I like, I know. I love it. I just start I, talking. I love it as you're passionate about it. No, that, that, that all makes sense. So the, you, you were kind of touching it on there. Who is, 
the ideal person, somebody listening to this, how, how do they know, describe where they're at in their business for Samurai Seller to be the perfect fit? Okay, so I would say right now, so we're, we just launched uh, this automator tool, okay? And this is the highly automated scaling kind of product. I would say for that, you know, ideally, we're going to want a person who's doing at the bare, I mean, at the bare minimum, let's say 50,000 a month in revenue, right? Where you have something to automate. You're spending seven grand a month, right? Something like that. And there's, there's things to automate there where we know we could save you more than you have to pay. If a person's spending 300 bucks a month on ads, okay, they should not sign up, period. Like minimum ad spend, I would say is $2,000 a month in ad spend for anybody to want to do the automated tool. Although for the semi-automated, the one that is fully, it doesn't do anything until you tell it to do it. That would be good for anybody. You could, as long as... Your as long as your company makes more than five hundred dollars profit in a month, right? Like, you you could put in twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks a month. It's super cheap. Uh, I don't know why we haven't raised the prices. It's like terrible. Like, if you're spending less than I think five thousand or something, it's like twenty bucks a month. If you like, anyway, you, anybody should sign up for that. But for the automator, by the way, I did do. I have a special link for Withers of Amazon. Okay, um, yeah. it's called samuraiseller.com slash woa, like Wizards of Amazon. All right, um, and that'll be for the automator tool. So. Automated, you're spending more than $7,000 per month in ads. This is a good place for you to go because we'll do a guarantee for your listeners, right? If we don't save them or make them any of their, uh, as much as they pay, we'll refund everything. It'll be totally for free. We'll, and we'll, we'll keep them on. We, we, we have right now several US-based developers working on the software every day. And every time a user is in there and gives us feedback, it help, helps us understand, right? This is for anybody over $7,000 a month ad spend. If we don't make you more than our fee, okay, for the month, we will charge you nothing and we'll send you any money back, okay? If we don't save you that much money, like basically it's a full, easy guarantee and you're going to be on and have developers building what you want. Because right now what we have, we have a lot of development power. We're at the launch phase and we're tweaking things every single day when people ask us. So it's really a perfect time to to jump on in. Uh, and there's a deal for the uh, Wizards of Amazon guys. Man, that's extremely generous. Uh, you know, thank you in advance for that. SamuraiSeller.com slash WA. I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well. Um, you and I will keep going on this if we don't find a spot to be respectful of each other's time and our our, our wives and our, our team are going to be knocking on the door. So I, I want to wrap this up. Uh, beforehand though, uh, or before that, uh, what is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Um, again, you're the, you're the host of Ecom Leaders Podcast. So, you know, listeners of this podcast should definitely jump over there and subscribe. But what's the best way for, for somebody to reach out to you and, I don't know, debate you on something you said here, ask for further insight, um, ask for more information about Samurai Seller? Yeah, I would say that the, the best place to just reach out in general, if you want to have information, is going to be on LinkedIn. It's probably where I am the most active on any social media. I deleted like Facebook, Instagram, these things on my phone. Like I, it's just, I'm like, how much business am I going to get out of it? And how much time is it going to waste in my life? Uh, so currently they're deleted. Every few months I put them back on and then take them off. So, uh, but LinkedIn, uh, I feel like there I'm posting very regularly. Talk about it. If you comment on LinkedIn or message me on LinkedIn, I don't always get to the messages. Comments are probably more direct. Uh, if you want more information on Samurai, again, at that link, you do the inquiry. Uh, there's a Canon link 
um, and we'll get you fully, fully worked out in there. And uh, I think LinkedIn is the best place, but otherwise, yeah, podcast is perfect. And um, yeah, maybe at Wizards of Amazon, the next event I do over there. Apologies. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I'll have the, your, your LinkedIn uh, profile link in the, in the show notes as well. Uh, but before letting you go again, in case I don't say this enough, like uh, very generous of you to extend that offer. Uh, that, you know, samuraiseller.com slash WOA, that's going to be in the show notes. But, but before letting you go, I ask all guests this before wrapping up, what is your favorite book and why? Oh man, you told, uh, I know you gave me the warning, but I wasn't prepared yet. Okay. I think my favorite book, it, it's really hard because I have a lot of favorite. I, I, I feel like for the amount that I really love reading, you would think I would read more. Uh, like every time I read, I'm like, man, I need to read more. And then I'm like, okay, I didn't read anything for like two weeks. Right. Um, but I'm going to, I wrote down here, I'm just going to put the number of times I've read a book. And so probably I'll just go with the top ones. Uh, first one uh, is probably, this is okay. Let me give you a background. I'm give you a quick little background. In my early days. Okay. My early childhood, this, like everybody experiences a bunch of drama and trauma. Okay. Drama and trauma are part of our lives and business doesn't exist when you as a person are not ready for business, right? When you're not ready to be part of a group, when you're not ready to be part of a, of a, a family, when you're not ready to be uh, an employee, when your mind is all messed up. Okay. And you're unable to act, you'll never succeed in business. Right. So for me, I would say the thing that put me into the right mindset to even be able to want to have a business or want to be an entrepreneur or want to solve problems and not be myself from, I don't know, from when I was like 12, 13 years old, totally lost. Uh, the book is called Dianetics. Okay. Uh, Dianetics, Modern Science and Mental Health. Probably read it about four times. Uh, is, my, is the book, I just said, you know what? I'm going to say what I've read the most. That's the most. And then you said I could sit in two. Number two, don't be broke and don't die because you're super broke. There's a book called Psychology of Money. Psychology of Money, I probably read that three times in the last two years. Saved my business uh, a, a, a lot. I mean, this, is, this book will help you not take your fortune. If you've had success, you don't want to go down to zero. And it's a book, anybody who's made more than a million dollars in their life or even more than $200,000, you need to read this book because there is, there, there's a cycle, okay? First book is about being able to be in business and do well. Second book is about not crashing because you can make all the money in the world and there's stories in there. People become billionaires and they lose everything. Don't let that happen to you because it happens way more than you think. That book, anyway, uh, there you go. Uh, personal development, yourself, your own mind, and not how to crash forever. Those are, those are the books I've read the most in my life. So I, I love it. Dianetics. I have read before was recommended by a listener of the show. Um, uh, Camilo Repeto. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, you know what, but I haven't read it in a while, so <laughs> I'm going to revisit it. Psychology of money. I've not heard of or read before. So I'm definitely going to order that. I appreciate, uh, your recommendation. I'm going to add that to my list. Um, going to be super respectful of your time, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This should have happened a long time ago. And I look forward to having you again on the show. I look forward to uh, hearing another one of your presentations in Tampa or Miami when you're able to make the Miami run. 
Um, thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you.